I did have a staring contest with one teacher who, mm. for some reason, did not like some me. reason. We had a staring <laughs> contest for some reason uh, during assembly in the morning. Right, we go there, and then the head teacher starts suddenly saying something, and we sing hymns, and we're like, "Praise the Lord, <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord." <laughs> <laughs> big fan <laughs> so then one time uh, i think the head teacher was saying something and my eyes caught his eyes and we were just locked in this battle of who will turn away first <laughs> you and Severus Snape. <laughs> remember remember i'm about eight years old nine years old at this time right and I've just locked eyes with this teacher. And without breaking my thousand yard Staircase. stare, the head teacher mm-hmm. stops talking and everyone starts applauding. I'm still staring at him. And then like a true professional, I start applauding <laughs> in tune with everyone else while still staring at this teacher. And I'm like, yeah, I got you now. <laughs> Have to do a I, because he's like, oh, oh, everyone's applauding. Oh yes. Then he looks away and starts applauding. I'm like, yeah, I won. One zero. Get out of here, you amateur. Get out of here. Welcome to Third Culture Block, a place where we have conversations about everyday experiences that shape the stories in our corner of the human narrative. I'm Mohammed Ismail. I'm Wissal Jibreel. And I'm Ahmed Mustafa. We had coffee earlier. Ahmed had a whole, like, huge 13-ounce mug. I can taste colors. Mush. (laughs) (laughs) Timing timing is everything. Timing is everything. Good, that was great. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. All right, right, so topical, topical, topical. All right, topical. All right. Everyone, I have... Interim government assumes power after smooth handover. Yeah, straight up. No, okay. So topical, topical uh, news update for the podcast and listeners. So if you aren't aware, a month or so ago, the new Libyan government got approved, check plus, and we also got a recognition from, I think... Uh, United Nations. So that means uh, Libya is going to try again and get a little bit of laws passed. I figured we were going to talk about the history and context that these decisions are made in. Libya has had influences from civilizations throughout history, starting with the native Berbers to almost every big government (laughs) through each war. The pertinent part is after the Italian occupation, we had uh, the kingdom kind of get established that a kingdom is overthrown by Gaddafi, and then Gaddafi gets overthrown most recently by the Arab Spring. In 2011. In 2011, yes. Look back on that past episode. So what what's important here is that during the revolution of 2011 was one of the first democratic votes in uh, Libya for like 40, 50 years, right, during the reign of Gaddafi. What this new government symbolizes is a new opportunity at a republic or a democracy that will be recognized by the UN and supposedly driven by the people. The reason that this context is important is just recently an article was put out describing the Libyan government as passing a bill to remove the citizenship or the ability for any Libyan outside of the country or possessing dual citizenship. This kind of goes into the face of all democratic process and 
in a certain way strips identity from anyone who decided that they didn't want to live under a dictatorship. This topic falls in line with a lot of our conversations we've had on the show about identity, about being Libyan, about um, the political activeness. Um, so I hope it makes sense and I hope you enjoy. So when I heard about this, I kind of felt personally attacked. Um, yeah, no, I feel that. It just like, wow, okay, so <laughs> I'm more lost as a third culture kid than before because now it's for real, for real. Like, you don't belong here and you don't belong there. Um, right, it's the first time they like systematize double shuffle, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like like just, dual uh, um, SIM card. I honestly, I feel like it, it backfires in the long run because... If you take away that ability to be a citizen and to have a passport and to go and come as you please and blah, 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 like you're going to lose the connectivity with the Libyans who live abroad, right? Right. Because for some reason, we're still just six million Libyans on the face of the earth. (laughs) There are a lot of Libyans outside who, I'm not talking about like the ones who have like lived outside during the Gaddafi's era, because you have to remember that during the revolution so many libyans fled like you go to egypt is many libya you go to turkey there's a libyan on every corner tunisia too tunisia same same tunisia like i have a friend who was saying that never mind that's irrelevant anyways but yeah <laughs> <laughs> amazing editing you heard it's, it here it's a different um topic that is very relevant but irrelevant anyways um so yeah so it's like you you find libyans everywhere right canada meliana libyans europe meliana libya filled with libya like so it's well yeah and it it seems to fly in the face of like brain drain right like everyone's talking about oh like all of our you know best and brightest leave the country and then go somewhere else and then don't come back right and now the country's lost so there's that but there's also like a lot of people left the country for stability right right a lot of people left a lot of people left the country for stability in terms of like okay it's a war going on right now and then there are a lot of like the pro-gaddafi people they left the country because they didn't feel safe anymore because everyone's anti-gaddafi and in the end of the day no matter whose side you're on you're still libyan right right by isolating and limiting us to you know you have to choose Right. You gotta be either full Libyan citizenship or American or British or whatever. Right. And like all these Libyans who have just been out of the country waiting their whole lives, like literally like the quintessential Libyan tale is I'm waiting to go back to Libya. Like once Gaddafi's out of power and I have my Libya back, I'm going back. Yeah. It's Arguably the reason we were raised the way we were yeah. is like we're planning to go back to Libya. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to stay stay close to the culture so when you go back you're not a total outsider. To yeah, it. exactly. And and so we, it really was a slap in the face and really was this I don't know. I, I guess it really emphasizes that floatingness that I always talk about um where I just I'm just we saw it because like down to like before it was socially right right socially um unaccepted here and socially not fully accepted here and blah blah but now it's like down to the books 
Right. You know, it's... Um, At least you could say on paper, like... Yeah. You know? But yeah. now it's like, you can't. <sighs> it's so, hard. It hurts. And it's all in an attempt to prevent any influence from abroad. Which is interesting because Libya's been isolated for so long. So you would think that bringing the first pick of the litter, I guess, to bring in to the country would be the Libyans who were raised abroad or grew up abroad or or lived abroad and, and kind of had like the best of both worlds and come back and help, you know, rebuild the country. And then there's arguments where you do have people accusing double shafras coming into the country after the revolution, messing things up and then stealing money and then leaving and never showing their faces. And then one of those people like my dad was accused no yeah he he didn't <laughs> he he and it's it's for I, I think one thing that just like doesn't make much sense to me and i'd love to hear kind of you lean in on this muhammad but there's this idea of like either to be libyan you have to be ride or die right <laughs> like you mm-hmm. were here mm-hmm. and you stayed here and you you know, you suffered, right? It's it's like the whole thing where, you know, I paid off my student debt, so you need to you need to pay off yours. You know, yeah. It's like I suffered, so you needed to suffer, and if you didn't suffer, then get out of here, right? And it's just just to contextualize things even further, and we've mentioned this in a previous episode. The term double shafra used to be an endearing term, where if if a Libyan heard you coming to visit Libya. They're like, oh, is it double shafra? Yeah, my cousin, you know, he lives in Canada, blah, blah, blah. And the term double shafra was coined. And just to kind of break it down to new listeners, double shafra, the literal translation of that is dual simmed. So when you buy a phone with dual sims, you can place one for international calls and one for your local calls, right? And that's what a double shafra Libyan was. You had the Libyan identity, but then you also had your international identity be it British, Canadian, American, Australian, or any other international country. Funnily enough, it only really applied to Western countries, right? So if you lived right. in Egypt, say, you were not considered a double shafra because it was still <laughs> Very selective. Country. Right, right. So it kind of shifted from that to, wait a minute, what are these double shafras doing in Libya now? Why are they coming home now? Oh, why now? Huh? Where were you during those 42 years? Right. Why are you asking so many questions? Like, maybe we're asking questions because we want to reconnect with our Libyan identity. And that was the case for, for, for all of us, really. I, I mean, all the Libyans I know who went back had a sincere and genuine, not even just a want, a need to kind of feel that they could identify with their Libyan side. Because what many Libyans inside of Libya don't realize is that during our time outside, our parents made sure we knew we were Libyan. And a lot of the time, they actually planned to go back home. But then obviously the situations changed and life happened. And a lot of us ended up being outside for 30, 40 years. None of it was really planned. Nobody left Libya thinking, aha, now I am free and I will stay here forever and I will die here and my grandchildren will be born here. No, every single one of them that I know said, okay, you know what? We're going to stay here for a few years. We're going to try and make a good life for ourselves. We're going to work hard and then we're going to go back to Libya. Right. But then, like I said, life happened and that and things changed. So to be living that sort of life and then 
have that one side of you that you really want to identify with sort of push you away I really fe- felt what Wissal was saying earlier on like you, you kind of feel like okay where do I belong then because I'm too sort of eastern for this side and I'm too western for that side do I do I just linger in the middle somewhere like what's what's the solution here so to he- kind of hear this news is really disheartening and that's putting it lightly because people inside of Libya don't realize how much we love and how proud we are to call ourselves Libyan in addition to British American Canadian it's not a zero sum game it's not you know winner takes all sort of thing where you're either one or the other and this sort of otherization is what has led us into the problems that we are in today it's like oh no 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 i mean for example remember 2011 2012 right that was the golden era yeah of the uprising where there was just this euphoric level of unity within the country i remember walking around mata square with my camera and people were were jumping in front of my camera to be on camera compare that to today and people from the east would come to tripoli because every Friday people would meet up in Marta Square and they would sing, dance, celebrate. Right. It was one Libya. Yeah. Yeah. It was a beautiful show of unity. Nobody cared where you were from. Nobody cared whether you lived outside your entire life, whether you were born outside, whether you could not speak a single word of Arabic. The fact that you identified as a Libyan was enough. That was it. Full stop. Done deal. Right. Free pass. So now to have all of that pulled up again and pulling at the thread here is quite possibly the worst thing that could happen to Libya right now when the whole country is in disarray and people are fighting left right and center for the most trivial of matters as well as the most serious of matters to then pull up this card for me is incredibly ill-advised I think one thing that the majority of Libyans can get behind is how you feel about like double shafras or how like people out of state like like are, you know. Um so I see it kind of going two ways, right? You pull this string and then you get into this spiraling conversation of continually restrictive definitions of what Libyan is. Or you give everyone a common scapegoat, right? It's like, well, you know, now we're just Libyans. You know, we don't have that any of those out outside influences or whatever, and we just kind of build ourselves up. Like, if it unites everybody, it's not necessary. Like you said, it's ill-advised. I don't think it's the best way to, you know, build the country up. But at this point, I feel like everyone's desperate to at least have people recognize Libya as Libya rather than, like, the East, the West, even, like, Tripoli, Benghazi. I don't know. That part of me is also feeling like if, if that's what you got to do, then I I guess cut me out. Like, I just want no. Libya to matter. No, but that's but that's not even that's not even the motive. That's not even that's not even like if it wasn't political, I wouldn't be mad. But like it is very political. I would be mad either way. Even if it wasn't political, how dare you? Like if that's what it takes for Libya to stand up again, for me to be like, 
hey dad look your country is not on fire right <laughs> one of one of the things my dad said when he took us to libya when i was a kid he proudly was like strutting us through tobruk right his hometown mm. and one of the things he said that i said as a kid was it's like oh you have no history dad like uh, because every time he would point at a building he'd be like oh and that's where my elementary school used to be right or my such and such middle school used to be and my soccer club used to be here and my the the boy scouts used to be here and like all of them were either destroyed or like repurposed buildings because like uh, a lot of organized places or non Gaddafi education places like got closed down during the dictatorship so <laughs> i said it as a kid just you know haha well, not really haha but like you know, the kids say things, right? An observation. And like my dad says that as a funny thing, but True. it's sad seeing, you know, seeing history not there anymore. Even more so just like seeing Libya not there anymore. I hate it because it's like a, a political move. Like there's there's hearsay and, and whispers about it being kind of like the pro Gaddafi people trying to get like back into power get still. back into power. The people from the old guard of the old regime who worked under the old regime are slowly inching their way back into power and right, they're right. extremely threatened by double shafras um especially because like there was in the previous and I, and I get and I feel like they'll get their way because the previous um governments um have had double shafra humans that are within the government and so they're using it against them and using it as a means of saying well look the double shafras came in and they they didn't make anything better to get back into power and to have a hold on libyans just like how they did before so this whole idea of isolating libyans abroad is an extreme political move to prevent any influence because some of the double shafra that were that were in the government itself were part of like the Shabha, like the literal movement against Gaddafi from back in the eighties. Yeah, that's a great point. And essentially, if you look at who is benefiting from such an insane policy, the only people benefiting from this are the people who are wanting to divide and conquer Libya. Because it's now the others' fault why you are in this mess it's not Gaddafi's regime during which he murdered in cold blood and tortured people and had underground medical centers doing god knows what it's none of that no 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 it's the double shufflers outside you need to be suspicious of them the fact that that line of rhetoric works till this day will forever baffle me because we saw it with Gaddafi the curtain was drawn and we saw the true nature of the wizard and we saw it with Trump recently. And now the fact that we are still falling for it again, people who are wanting to divide us, I, I, can't, I, it, I, I can't fathom the level of hatred that has to exist within you for you to believe that sort of rhetoric. We should be wary of, of the time. Okay. Um, well... Well, what time is it, actually? Oh, um, hold on. Let me check my imaginary clock. <gasps> you know what? What? It's question time! 
sounds better, better every, every time, time she says it. <laughs> Twins. <Gosh>. Jinx. <laughs> Jinx private. I mean, Throw away the key. <laughs> you're welcome, guys. You're welcome. People listen to us just for that specific second. They True. do. Mm-hmm. They do. Literally True. zero people have, ho- have told me that. Please say <laughs> I feel like if anything, people are like, oh no, here it is. They ask what the time fast is. Fast forward, fast forward. <laughs> Crap. Well, I can't get my, my phone to be any quieter for this part. It's just <laughs> Why? Lord. We got a couple of questions this time, but I think the one that resonated most with me was, what does your citizenship to Libya mean to you? Um, th- I feel like that really resonated with the topic that we had because we, we couldn't really nail it down, right? Like, it just felt like this void, this missing part of yourself that um, mm. couldn't be accounted for. But as far as saying what it means to me, like, I had a really hard time thinking about that slash even bringing that up in the episode. The closest approximation I could have to it is when... Um, I had a friend who did like a, a, a presentation in social studies or history class. And the, um, the presentation basically talked about how North Africans are considered white in the States. Like we don't have our own race category. Oh. It's, so like I, when I found that out, I was like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm not slash African-American here in the States. I'm, I'm white, you know? <laughs> and like, just like, there's this sudden like, huh, like, that's not me. This, this like, uh, like almost affronted uh, by, by it. That's the closest thing I can have to like, like what it means to me. It's like this, this thing that I, that, because labels are powerful, right? Labels mm. are what divide us. I think for me, what my citizenship means to me It's the one document that proves that I am connected to this country, that I have, you know, it, 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 it solidifies my third culturedness, I guess. Um, if we're going to speak from a, like a, on the paper standpoint, it's the one thing that like your evidence it's yeah it's my my evidence aside from my name my tongue my family like stories but like right, all it's like of oh you're libyan is, prove it it's like, yeah oh, it's um, like here this is my this is my libyan passport this is my this proves and it, it even even down to like in libya you know um to go in and out as you please you can do it with a libyan passport crap you can you can even do it with a with Document. an expired yeah. Libyan passport. <laughs> like, they're just like, well, you're Libyan enough to own this, so you're, gonna, <laughs> da, da, da. you're allowed to come in. Yeah, you speak Libyan, right? You yeah, know? come on, mate. Or it's like, you, only uh, Libyans are crazy enough to go in and out of Libya. If you <laughs> have an American passport, quote-unquote, or some other passport, but you also have a Libyan one, and you can go all over the world, but you choose to come here, you must be a Libyan kind of thing. <laughs> You chose to so come even to the country? You, you, you actually <laughs> right. chose to come here? The flight wasn't Your diverted here? here? Okay, you obviously belong <laughs> nope, here. Nope. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're obviously li- visiting your grandma or well, somebody. Well, that, because that's <laughs> even part of it, right? Like, it's not even this document you need to get into the country, right? It's like, like half the time we would get into Libya, like, we'd get off the plane, and my dad would, my dad would spot somebody 
in the airport be like oh so and so and then we just like get blown through like yeah. just like no customs no nothing just da, da, da. like oh let me take security what like it's just like let's go what right exactly go around the airport we're going yeah. to my house i have got some we just finished dinner <laughs> we can't we can't bother with this right yeah. but it just like the document having it is just like it's a physical like artifact of of that of that experience and of that uh, identity i like that a physical artifact of it I really like that because it, it's something that you wholeheartedly feel, right? So even if you didn't have that document, be it the expired passport or an actual valid passport, you would still feel Libyan because as we mentioned earlier yeah. on in the podcast, it was ingrained within us from a very early childhood mm-hmm. that you are Libyan. Libya is mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. So we felt it deep down. So what does it mean to have the citizenship? For us, it's like the cherry on top, right? I guess, like having it's it's something that we know already, but to have it, like you said, that artifact of it, is the cherry on top to kind of say, well, yeah, here's my Libyan passport as well to go along with it. Thank you so much for listening in. We look forward to hearing from you all. Look out for our posts on our Twitter and Instagram pages, both Third Culture Block with a three. This is Mohammed Ismail, Wissal Jibril, and Ahmed Mustafa. <laughs>